When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. What a lovely evening. Lovely fall, crisp evening. Welcome to The Late Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Folks, the midterms... Midterm elections are, are just over a month away, and that sneaky Joe Biden pulled an October surprise on the Republicans by doing something popular. <laughs> because this afternoon at 4.20 somewhere, <laughs> Joe Biden pardoned all federal offenses of simple marijuana possession. <laughs> That is fantastic. That, ladies and gentlemen, that is a hell of a Green New Deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And he did this on camera. Right? Here's the official announcement. As I said when I ran for president, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. I'm announcing a pardon for all prior federal offense, federal offenses for the simple possession of marijuana. There it is. Yeah. He's pardoning. There it is. Boom. He's pardoning federal marijuana simple possession offenses, all of them, from the dankest nugs to the harshest ditch weed. I'm talking pot, grass, Mary Jane, reefer, the sweet, sticky, icky, ganja, chum chum, lime pillows, sticks and stems, herb, chronic, yamen, the devil's lettuce, wacky tobacco, Acapulco gold. Jazz cigarettes and the right honorable Reverend Al Green. <laughs> is that one? <laughs> Al Green, yeah, is I that one? Counts. Reverend, Reverend, counts. Reverend Green. Yeah. Today, Dark Brandon became Dank Brandon. <laughs> the president's it's a good poster. Get that in your get that poster for your dorm room. <laughs> I gotta say, all day the president's been pretty chill. Chill, chill mood all day. I think he knew this was coming. He had this on his mind. Case in point, this afternoon, he was, uh, he was outside the White House talking to reporters, taking questions uh, about OPEC, and he gave a little hint that he didn't really want to answer those questions. It's subtle. Let's see if you can pick up on it. It is a disappointment, and it says that there are problems. Are you worried about it? Stop <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh It's a disappointment. They're a problem. Uh-oh. Watch out. What's happening? Am I backing away or am I just getting smaller? There's no way of knowing. Do you think that blows your mind now? 
Wait till the announcement. I make it 420. Uh, Biden looks like. It looks like he's having some fun there. Although, even though he's having fun, he made sure everyone around him was safe. Jimmy, can we see that again with the sound turned up? (laughs) Yesterday, the president was down in Florida, and so was his predecessor, former president, the notorious KFC. (laughs) And, oh, I could go for some. That's good. I could go for Original. He gave a speech to the Hispanic Leadership Conference in Miami, and he addressed what he believes is the most important subject, himself. You probably read and heard about the document hoax. Has anyone heard about the document hoax, helicopters flying over Mar-a-Lago? Well, they've given us about $5 billion worth of free publicity, I will say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great publicity. Mar-a-Lago, come for the waffle bar. Stay for the nuclear secrets (laughs) at the Waffle Bar. (laughs) Former president has endorsed a lot of terrible candidates this cycle, none worse than Georgia GOP Senate nominee and hiker lost in the parking lot, Herschel Walker. All week, America's been buzzing about the report that Walker paid for a former girlfriend to get an abortion. Walker denied it, but the woman had a receipt from the clinic, a check from him, and a greeting card signed by Walker he sent five days later. Despite all of this evidence, Walker denied any of this happened, adding he had no idea who this woman could possibly be. So last night, she gave him uh, a little hint when she announced she also had a child with him. (laughs) Come on! Come on, man! How many secret kids does this guy have? Does, Does he know he doesn't get a free smoothie after 10? Smoothie. Smoothie. Walker addressed the issue this morning, kind of. Do you have any idea who this alleged former uh, lover of yours is who says you paid for an abortion and fathered a child? Any idea whatsoever? I have no idea at all. Okay, interesting. Quick follow-up. Why are you running for Senate? I have no idea at all. Now, based on this next clip, Walker doesn't seem too curious to learn this woman's identity. Have you reached out to any of the mothers of your children? No. To ask why? Why not? Uh, why do I need to? Maybe to find out how your children are doing. Remember the ones you don't remember? Plus, there's so many of them, statistically, it's probably one of their birthdays. In addition to completely forgetting her, the anonymous mother of Walker's child is not thrilled with Walker's holier-than-thou act, saying, I don't think there's anywhere in the Bible where it says, have four kids with four different women while you're with another woman. It's true. It's not in the Bible. That quote is actually from Jesus' sex-positive cousin, Travis. (laughs) His miracle... His miracle was turning water into white claw. No law on the claw. No law on the claw. No law on the claw. Bang! (laughs) Lying about knowing the mother of his child isn't Walker's only troubling headline today. There's also this one. Herschel Walker claimed he supervised six hospitals 
He didn't. Okay. I'm kind of relieved that that's a lie. Imagine, just imagine. Imagine being wheeled into surgery and hearing, I know you're nervous, but don't worry. This entire facility is being supervised by Herschel Walker. Okay, give me the scalpel, please. Scalpel, please. Apparently, Herschel cooked uh, this lie back in uh, 2011 when he missed the premiere of his ESPN documentary saying, I have to go back to work. I have this food service company. I have a drapery company, and I supervise six hospitals around the United States. I have to head back to Arkansas for a sales meeting at my chicken factory. (laughs) Wow. That is a guy really desperate to get out of an invitation. Your wedding? I'm sorry, I can't make it. I have to get back to my job as an astronaut beekeeper. The moon's not going (laughs) to pollinate itself. Now, no... No surprise, Walker's financial disclosure forms do not indicate he ever owned or ran hospitals. But there is proof that Walker worked for a now-defunct firm called Ascend Health Corporation as a mental health awareness ambassador. And he is doing a great job. (laughs) Because every time I see Herschel Walker on TV, I am acutely aware of mental health. Walker's not the only unusual nominee endorsed by the former president. Take Pennsylvania gubernatorial candidate and peanut M&M with all the candy sucked off. (laughs) Over, right? (laughs) Doug... Doug Mastriano. In a speech this week, Mastriano pledged to ban pole dancing from schools. Are we sure he knows what a school is? (laughs) Three times a week, I head down to the school and talk to the students. Cheyenne, Cinnamon, Amber. I tell you, that school makes the best Mai Tais. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Kate Blanchett. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest tonight is a two-time Academy Award-winning actress you know from Blue Jasmine, Thor, Ragnarok, and The Lord of the Rings. She now stars in the new movie, Tar. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Kate Blanchett.
Sí. Well, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> Ladies, have a seat, everybody. <laughs> I have to. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. We're so happy. You're on the edge of tears. I'm just curious, no. what did that song mean to you? No, I, there's just people clapping. No, no, no. It's um, no. I'm gonna cry because that's that's my song. That's my my husband who's in the dressing room. That's our song. I am Clute. You know, proof. It's, it's our favorite song. Our wow. kids remarried us. Did you know this? Yeah. Yeah, oh. that's so sweet. <laughs> that's an emotional. That's yeah. an emotional stealth cruise missile. That's the song we play. Oh, that's yeah, wonderful. just right before we have our yearly sex. It's really, it's really, wow. I love you. I do love you, you, baby. Do you, uh, do you want to do this you, interview later? And... 26 years. 26 years. Congratulations. Yeah, That's yeah. wonderful. No, but it's fabulous. You only need, you know, if you have fabulous sex once a year, keep oh, you going. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Lovely to see you. I know. You were Lovely in clothes. I last time I saw you, you were in your pajamas. And you were in your pajamas, and I it has know. nothing to do with yearly sex. No. It was because. <laughs> no. It was Not because that night, uh, anyway. It was uh, during COVID. No. It was the last time we spoke. Yes. And you were talking from in front of bookshelves or something from your house, and you were wearing your pajamas, so I went and got mine and put mine on at the I same know, time. I know, because you were naked, and it was totally inappropriate. <laughs> <It> was. <laughs> that was never going to COVID was a different time. I know. We were out of our minds. You couldn't see anything <laughs> over the gallon of ice cream in my lap. I know. I know. Now, you know, I'm, I'm an enormous fan. People know I'm an enormous fan of, of so many of your roles. What, uh, Lord of the Rings? Well, of course, you're the perfect No, do you, do you? And... <laughs> yeah, yes. I do remember. Matter of fact, I, it's not because you're here. I just keep this photo <laughs> Back behind the desk at all times. There you are. <laughs> with the file of the light of Ellen Deal. No, but the very the very first time um, I met you, yes. you were dressed as a hobbit. And I just thought that that oh, was your right. usual for a yeah, Comic Con or something like I that. Thought, who yeah. is this crazy man? But here you are, dressed as a human. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, Briefly. Look how far you've come. As soon as I get home, the furry feet come back on. Yes, yes. So I wonder, you've got kids of your own. Are are they into the Lord of the Rings? Well, they, I mean, they're older now. My seven, okay. my, my, you know, we've got 20, almost 21 down to seven. Our seven-year-old hasn't seen it yet, but our 21-year-old was, you know, was kind of conceived around that time. And he used to call, um, uh, uh, what's his name? I keep, what's the one with the ring? You know, who's after the ring? No, the precious. Gollum. Thank you. I've got early onset dementia. He used to call him Nobsy. Nobsy? I don't know why, but he was Nobsy. That sounds like a good Hobbit name, Yeah, he, he found it very funny. But he, we, we, we turned the sound down, because the thing about Peter Jackson is his movies, the sound is as terrifying as the images. So sure. he saw it a lot of times without the sound. How did he feel about when mom turns into kind of the, the kind That's of the good. world conquering I think Galadriel. he probably fell asleep before then, but he was three. Oh, okay. and, you know, they've seen it subsequently. You your child? You left out the three part of that story. <laughs> no. I thought he was 21 years I old. I know, you, be you become a better parent, so our seven-year-old hasn't seen it yet. Do you really become a better parent? Because no. Because I've got I, three I, I, and my youngest is free range. Really? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, we actually allow him sunlight. <laughs> so, what about your seven-year-old? Has he or she seen it yet? No, no, but she's, um, I'm going to take her to Pinocchio, a, a film I made with Guillermo del Toro, where oh, I play a monkey. So, oh, monkey. I play oh, a monkey, yeah. yeah very so, I'll take her to that. Very similar. 
Um, but she, but, but she, she was the other day. She was in her bedroom and she's going, "Precious, my precious." I went, "Oh, darling, you know that? You know who says that?" And she said, "Yeah, Lisa." And I went, "No." I said, "It's Gollum." Says, "You know, he's after the ring." No, no, no. It's Lisa, and she'd been watching some girl band type animated show where one of the girls was covetous of something who was called Lisa, and she's going, "My precious." And, and so she thinks it's Lisa who says that, and I, I, do, I cannot disabuse her of that fact, that it's actually Tolkien, but we'll get there. She's I only seven. I cannot wait. Record her when she finds out <laughs> and send it to you. Exactly. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Do you remember any Elvish, by the way? No. Every, look, any language I learn, I had to learn German for this, this heard, uh, film, yeah. Tar. But anything I do subsequent to um, any accent, it always sounds like it's going through the New Delhi call center. So it's, it, it's like, yeah. And, or, you know, sometimes I just pretend. Like if someone comes up to you in the supermarket and asks that question, sure, yes. I go, hello, Shmanish. And they, and they, they walk away and never speak to me again. They're thrilled. Now, your new film, Tar, premiered at the Venice Film Festival. Uh, a six-minute standing ovation. Fantastic uh, reviews and, and, and reception of that. You're also an executive producer. Yes. What's yes. that like? What is it like to like? Because as an executive producer, you're helping usher this along. You're not not just a performer in it. Not that there's a just of performing, but what does it feel like to actually to be there for the premiere of something and to get that kind of response that you you always hoped for? Well, I, I feel. I mean, you know, I feel very changed by this film. This, you know, it's such a an ex examination of of the corrupting nature of power. I mean, it's set in the classical music world. It's a very I don't know, I hate it when people say it's a personal film, but I, I felt quite expanded by it, so it was very important to me. But when, you know, you go to a film festival like that for the first time, it's a little bit like giving birth in public, you know. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's quite exposing. That'd be a hell of a film. It, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, so, but when you, you say it's a sort of a personal film, I mean, the, the New Yorker said that it's really less a film about music, it's more a film about power, and, yeah. and you say it's the corrupting influence of power. Why is that personal to you? Do you feel the corrupting influence of power, mm. Kate Blanchett? Searching through me right now. No, no, I just, I just, it was asking. It's a, it's a really um, complicated, mysterious film that sort of asks more questions than it answers. You know, I, you know, it is, it is mysterious. Even the clip we're going to show in just a little a bit yeah. is wonderful, but very mysterious. You know, well, I, you know, I play a, a conductor who is called Lydia Tarr, and. She's a composer and a musician extraordinaire, and she's running the, the principal conductor of the, um, you know, the, one of the greatest orchestras of all time. And at the, the moment that you, we find her in the film, she's about to sort of reach the zenith of her career, her greatest career triumph. She's also about to turn 50, which I hear is a really confronting moment in a, in a, in a, in a person's life. And uh, why are you laughing? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and so, and then a, a, a lot of things that have been undealt with in her past come back to haunt her. And so, you know, I, I just think after the pandemic, there are a lot of questions I was asking myself about. It's quite, there's a lot of big existential questions in there that the film doesn't really, um, it respects its audience. It doesn't answer them. It just asks them. Do you, do you, the why of being alive. The why of being alive. I'm getting the T-shirt. Yeah. The why of being alive. I would say that is maybe the biggest question there is. Yeah. The, the why of being alive. Why are, are you we alive? alive? <laughs> How are we alive? Mm -hmm. I mean, with Ian going on and what's going on in Iran. I mean, I mean, it's like the world's going to hell in a handbag, as my grandmother used to say. Well, you play a conductor. 
had you conducted before? No. I mean, I, I, I learned the piano as a gal. And mm -hmm. with every subsequent pregnancy, I, I thought, you know, I would get back and yeah. learn the piano again, pick it up again. And, and, you know, the sad thing about me in my life is that I don't get off the couch until I have to for a film. So, so I picked, the, like, the, the role puts a gun to your head and says, you're going to go learn this thing. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I is had... Is this the hardest thing you've had to learn, is, is really becoming fluent at the piano again? That was a joy. I mean, I'm, you know, there was a... There's a moment in the film where um, I'm, I'm also... The character is composing a piece, so obviously I had to play that. And Hilda Gonodotir, who did the, 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 that particular part of the score, she did the score for The Joker. She's amazing, an amazing cellist, so it was so great to work with her. But I had to play her composition, and then there's a teaching moment in the film where I had to play the well-tempered clavier um, from Bach. So I had to know it really well. So it was kind of great to get back at it. But I had never conducted before, and we worked with the Dresden Philharmonic, and standing in front of that orchestra and giving the downbeat and hearing, hearing uh, Mahler's Fifth Symphony come back at you, I mean, I am forever changed by that moment. Were you conducting, or is it somebody behind you kind of going, this this is is what what she like means. the Swedish chef? It sounded what, fabulous. What, 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 so, so, what does it take to be a conductor? What is what is what do you what did you get from that in that moment? What do you think? the qualities of a good conductor. Well, it's interesting. A lot of people come at it different ways. The conductors that I spoke to and, the, and the, you know, the hours I spent watching people conduct, it's so idiosyncratic. Some come at, at, uh, at it from being an, an oboist or, you know, which, or a clarinetist, which is often the central instrument in the orchestra, or they come at it as a, as a, as a pianist. Um, and some, if you think of uh, Klaus Kleiber, he, his father was a conductor, but he himself wasn't um, a studied musician. So in my character's instance, she, she came at it from piano. Um, and I think you then get a chance, and she's obviously a woman, so it's a, still a kind of a, a magical mystery invention. You know, there's no woman. I mean, Natalie Stutzman's about to take over in Atlanta, which is really exciting. But how do you get to become a conductor? It's a confidence trick, but it takes hours and hours and hours of discipline. What was it like? So you you say that moment of standing in front of the orchestra and doing the downbeat and hearing that sound come out of the Dresden Orchestra. What did you see in their faces? Like, is it? Do you feel judgment of, uh, at pretending in that moment when this is their yeah, life? Yeah, from the guys in the horn section. I mean, I've been warned about the horn section. Um, is that true? Are the guys in the horn section particularly tough? <laughs> yeah. Hey, tough? Deuce, what? Woo! What? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I said to them in you know, my German, I just felt it was important to speak to them in their language. It was the only dissent. I, I said to them, you know, it's, um, you're not actors and I'm not a conductor and between us we're going to have to find our way because they were performers and amazing, you know, amazing actors. Did they, you they, speak German before you did this film? Yeah, I'm a kleine Kaffeebohne, reiste nach America. America war abgeschlossen und die Schlüssel abgebrochen. Abebo, wie heißt du? I mean, that's one of the, no, no. I mean, it's very, very. It's a very, very. Das actually, I mean, that's a. Good. That is good. And there was a. There was a ditty I learned in second form about this little coffee bean that goes to America, and America was locked up, and and the key was broken, but it, it came in in use because when I was backpacking through Europe, I was in Salzburg, and I went to the festival there because I've always loved classical music and. And I was staying at a bed and breakfast, and I, we were all given a locker, and the key, the schlüssel, to my, to my locker went, fell down the loo, fell down the toilet. And I went, how do, oh my goodness, how? And so I went, oh, how do I ask the, 
the, you know, I'm, what am I going to do? Because all my wallet's in there and I can't get my ticket. And I said, the Schlüssel. And it came from that moment. See, you Smart. never know what's going to come in handy. Right. So you, you had to learn uh, the piano again. Yes. You had to learn your German it. again. Yes. Are you able to play the piano in German? <laughs> well, I had to conduct in German because the character had been the principal conductor for seven years. And I said mm -hmm. to Todd Field, the magical Todd Field, you know, you know, obviously, it's been a long time between drinks. You know, it's been 16 years since his, his last film, Little Children. So not because he's lazy, just because he's, he's picky. Yeah. So, um, you know, I said to him that, uh, you know, I really did need to conduct in, in German. So I made a rod for my own back. We have to take a quick break, um, but if you will stick around, I'll ask them to stick around because we'll be right back with more Kate Blanchett, everybody. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. I'm here with the star of Tar, Kate Blanchett. I just want to point out that, that this ad you saw in the New York Times... It's is, mysterious. It's mysterious. You know? Look at this. If you, get, if you get a shot of this, the, the ad, it's the ad for Tar, but down here it says exclusive engagement starts Friday. New York Theater. New York Theater. Look, theater yeah. address goes here. <laughs> All of them just says that. Just says that. That's, gonna, a real, that's a real mystery right off the it bat. Is. I mean, we're going to set out the Pokemons. Yeah. So you'll know. You see the Pokemons and you'll know where to go. L.A., know, New I York. I don't know what that Just means, but I, I, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite genre of music? You say you love classical music. Do you have a favorite composer? Um, I'm, I'm quite eclectic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I discovered I, um, Alex Ross, who's, you know, a, an, an incredible uh, music journalist, um, and I read him all the time. Um, he had given a lecture, uh, a sort of animated lecture with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, and he played, um, they played Xenakis. And I discovered Xenakis, who's a Greek, a Greek composer, and, and so that was cataclysmic hearing that. But I mean, I can't, you can't listen to it all the time. But it's, is it it's mostly so classical, or do, you, or do you, you go with the pop music there? Kate? I go with a little bit of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'll mix the boy, uh, uh, girl band in with the mm -hmm. yeah. Getting in the car, cranking it up with your kids in the car. No, but no, but no, no. This is the thing. Four kids. I the sound of silence. You know, John Cage. <laughs> you know, it's, you it's like, yeah. Nobody talk. no, nobody's talking. It's, I had a lot of music in my life, but the cacophony of everyday life, it's like you turn, they get out of the house, they go to school, and you think about putting something on, and you think, no, I can hear birdsong. I can hear the floorboards creak. I can hear my, the sound of my own inner, inner monologue, which, frankly, I don't want to listen to most of the time. But, yeah, it's mostly silence. We, we have a clip here from the film. It's quite, again, quite mysterious, this, this clip. We don't Do want to tell the audience tell us too anything? much. I'm just saying mysterious. Mm, uh, well, you know, she, she, she drives fast cars, um, she runs, and she conducts. And, and she's in crisis. <laughs> is that enough? Just go and see it in cinemas. See, this is the thing. I just want people to experience it in cinemas and know we nothing about it. We don't have to show it. the clip. If you don't want to show the clip, we don't No, I don't it. even have to be here. 
I mean, I can just, I can just hide. I we can keep and cut this whole you thing out. I have, have to be, be here. They've seen a lot of me already. Here is the trailer that Kate brought us. Nice to see you. <laughs> Tar is in theaters on Friday. Kate Blanchett, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Late Show Poncho listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.